<sighs> okay. Hello, everyone. Good evening, or good afternoon, or good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to the 55th of hopefully many episodes of Bard Advice, a D&D slash TTRPG slash nerd podcast where I, Charles Chaz Yazik, the DM, the Bard, however you may know me, do my best to answer any of your questions about any of those topics. At the top of the show, we like to remind everyone of the email, which is bardadvice at gmail.com. It also looks like Advice, if that helps you remember. Please send any and all questions, queries, criticisms, complaints, critiques, etc., bardadvice.gmail.com. If you'd like to get some merchandise, you can do so over at manshorts.com. And if you'd like to contribute to anything that I'm doing musically, you can do so directly via PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo, all of which are Yazik, Y-A-H-Z-I-C-K. Hope that everybody's doing well. Happy Friday. It is the first Friday of the new year. Here we are in 2024, which I can't believe. It's pretty crazy that it's 2024. Funny enough, this is the first year that I would be eligible to run for president, but I'm not completely insane, so that wouldn't happen. <laughs> also, at the top of the show, like to uh, thank all of our members, patrons, super chatters, remind everybody to please like, comment, share, subscribe, turn on notifications, and we will talk about that actually later, the thing notifications, but that's a pretty interesting thing art corner that we have for this week kind of snuck up on me. It was just an episode that I watched yesterday, but there's kind of two things that I wanted to talk about. I have not read this manga, but there is this new animated show that is streaming on Netflix. It looks like it's going to be streaming serially, so I think the, only the first one is out now. It's called Delicious in Dungeon. It's okay. I, you know, I don't think that it's, like, incredible. I have no real frame of reference because I've not read the manga, but apparently the manga ran from, like, 2014 to just recently finished, I guess, and so now they're animating it. So that's just something to check out if you're in the space of Dungeons & Dragons type animated stuff. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of that over the course of the next decade or so. And then also while we're here on Art Corner, I just thought I'd show everybody this cool image that I made in uh, Mid Journey 6, which is pretty insane. <laughs> Mid Journey 6 is really crazy. So I've been messing around with that and coming up with stuff and just thought that was a cool little cowboy image that I would share with everybody. But yeah, check out Delicious in Dungeon and see what you think. Sent me my new song. Wait a minute, is that Nate? I did get something recently that was really good. I enjoyed it. I haven't yet to I've I've yet to respond to it, but I have listened to it. <laughs> Cowboy Al, yeah. Oh, that's all. That's where all that comes from is Cowboy Al. All right, so we've got some questions this evening that we're gonna get into. Looks like we've got quite a bit actually. There's seven and a follow up. And then we'll do a little chat chat and talk about some other things. I'll talk about it again later, but just so that everybody is aware if they weren't already and didn't know, I have finished my lyric video for Organized Lightning. That's available over on my Yazik YouTube channel. I've put a link in the description for it. You can follow along with it. It's just the entire album. I just laid it all out and then did the lyrics for it, which was a bit of an arduous process because I tend to obsess over stuff, but it's all done now. So, and we'll talk a little bit about that later as well, because I think that there's a, I know that there's a question about that. So, all right. Oh, hey, welcome, Kirk. What's happening? Getting closer and closer. Pretty soon you're going to be here before me, waiting on me. All right, so 
Let's get into the questions. I've got a list of names here. We can start go. Oh, oh my gosh. I would be so remiss if I forgot about the whole thing. So we talked about last week. If you weren't here last week and you didn't know, one of the questions I got last week was about New Year's resolutions. And I talked about how I don't really do resolutions, but my mom and I have this tradition where we get a word of the year assi- sort of assigned to ourselves at random. And so we essentially just make a list of words you know, just maybe like ideas or virtues or adjectives, or it really could be anything. And then you just pick a number at random, and that kind of just assigns a word for you to just kind of keep in your head for the year. So all that said, at the end of tonight's episode and during Chat Chat, I'm going to go through what all of the numbers are and what the what the words are. In the interim, if you'd like to participate in having a random word of the year, go ahead and pick yourself a number now. You can put it in the chat if you want to, or you don't have to share it, but just kind of like keep it, pick a number between 1 and 20, hold it in your head. Yeah, it's like rolling the dice, although you're doing it electively. So pick a number between 1 and 20, and then just kind of hold on to that number. And then at the end of the episode, we'll go through what the actual things are. And somebody please remind me, because I might forget. So don't let me end the episode (laughs) without going over what the numbers are. But at the moment, everybody pick a number between 1 and 20. And then at the end, I'll go through what what the words are for each number. And then we'll talk about what number I had. Okay. So, oh man, good on me for remembering that. All right, so let's get into the questions. The first question this evening, according to the list of names, is from Tessa. And Tessa asks, Hi Bard, long-time D&D player, first-time question. Without meaning to do it on purpose, my party and I wrapped our campaign just before Christmas. So we decided to break... <laughs> wrapped it. I see what you did there. Decided to break until after the new year. Now we're starting a new campaign, but we're unsure what to do. Can you or chat offer some adventure themes or concepts that align with the spirit of the new year or resolution? Thanks in advance. Well, thank you for the question, Tessa. Uh, That is kind of funny and interesting that that happened. So that's kind of cool. Take advantage of that. The the schedule of the universe working with your party. Uh, Let's see. Well, what does chat think? I want to know what chat thinks. I do have a thing that I wrote down. You know, the first thing that comes to mind immediately is like trying something new. That could be something that you could use as kind of a starting point, at least from people building out their characters, is that it's like, okay, well, maybe in the spirit of the new year, we'll try to play a character that we've never played before. So like if you're somebody that's really melee heavy, then play a spellcaster. Or if you're somebody that rogues a lot, like tank, just to see. Um, that's one thing, that's one route you could go. I said, uh, encourage players to try something new or challenge themselves to accomplish something within RP or character development. So that's kind of a thing. Must rescue the new year from the old year. (laughs) If it can devour the new year, we'll gain another year of life. Whoa. Should be asking you for plot points for episodes. (laughs) Talk with the group and see what everyone is interested in trying. Stroke of midnight, the party awakes wondering how, why, how, what, and why, and where they are. Everyone emerges at the conclusion of the apocalypse. Society is rebuilding, but it turns out to be an illusion. Think Matrix. Well, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed Organized Lightning. Thank you. A great catastrophe has befallen the Sword Coast. A 4.9 magnitude earthquake has hit, and a tsunami is threatening to destroy Baldur's Gate, and your party must find a way to prevent further destruction. Also, yeah, these are just, like, great, like, plot points. Character-focused campaign might be a good idea if everyone's into it. Yeah, that could be something that's cool, like sort of a uh, an introspection on a character level, on an RP level. Start off with high-level characters and let the party have fun before wiping. Start with level ones, who are the reincarnations, new year, new you. Oh, that's a really cool idea. I actually like that a lot. That's a really cool one. 
you know, you do like a session one where it's just, you know, super OP, go kill stuff, have lots of fun, make it epic, and then <laughs> wipe the party. And then they're all reincarnated and have to start back from one. And you could also kind of combine the ideas of like new trying a new character. So in that, maybe there's some sort of an inversion of the spirits. I'm thinking like in that Scooby-Doo movie where they all like switch bodies. <laughs> kind of that way in terms of the reincarnation so like maybe the maybe the barbarian gets reincarnated as the warlock etc take turns being dm play a mod or another homebrew switch after whatever ends yeah i think that there's something in there for you the i i like the idea of the characters trying something new with the characters and then you can combine that with the idea of them being reincarnated <laughs> <laughs> necromancers are just really great heal really late healers that's true i guess <laughs> on, a, on a certain level it makes me immediately think of like the slope slope bro meme <laughs> where it's just like always like a year late in whatever's going on it's pretty much a necromancer is just like a they're, they're really late clerics I'm just like oh man sorry sorry i wasn't here sooner but i got you and hey, the person that would be reincarnated would probably be pretty happy. So, all right, let's keep moving. We got another question to move to. Thank you for that question, Tessa. I hope that there's an answer in there for you. The next question, as you might expect on this podcast, is from Chris. And Chris asks, if you could play in a campaign based on any TV show or movie, which would you pick? Thank you for the question, Chris. Firefly comes to mind immediately. I think we've talked about this before, but it's always interesting to have a question like this, and it's a fun thought exercise because I have been itching to play some D&D, and I'm going to try and make that part of my goal for 2024 is uh, playing some, whether it's D&D or not, playing some form of, streaming some form of TTRPG. Firefly, man, boy, howdy. That would be so fun to, like, run Cowboy Al as a as a PC in that world, that'd be wicked fun. I also put down, oh, One Piece. One Piece, I think, would be really fun because I was actually just talking to somebody who's playing a One Piece campaign. I don't know if I would go for a fruit. I feel like I would just get hockey. I feel like I would go hockey if I was going to do it because it's like, you know, might as well, right? We've already kind of established that hockey is stronger than fruits. I mean, depending on who we're talking about. Well, no, not really. So One Piece comes to mind. Maybe the Matrix might be cool. I know Star Wars is fun. I've played multiple Star Wars campaigns over the years. What about you, chat? What do y'all think? What would you do? Detective story to find a missing dragon. Conan the Adventure is the obvious answer, but maybe more of a samurai pizza cats. Oh, yeah. What about stuff like that time I got reincarnated as a slime or My Hero Academia would be fun? Anything Joss Wheaton? Oh, yeah. Good call. Angel Buffy. Some gritty noir film. The Wire. Oh, yeah, or like The Sopranos. That could be fun. Power Rangers TTRPG. Firefly was your first thought. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah, maybe. But I feel like at that point, you might as well just homebrew it. I don't know what you really you'd be gaining from Game of Thrones other than maybe connections to existing characters. That Time I Was Reincarnated as a Slime is a really good show. Ooh, Demon Slayer might be fun, too. That might be cool as hell, to be like a, a party of demon slayers going after demons. The last Airbender TTRPG. That'd be pretty fun. Star Wars, I think, is always a good too. Star Trek might be fun, but we did a Firefly one-shot, I think, on the channel. And would have liked to explore that more. 
killer clowns from outer space. That would be insane. Oh, and of course, I'm sure there's oh uh, the there's gonna be coming all kinds of weird stuff with the steamboat Mickey, steamboat Willie, Dark Crystal homebrew. Oh yeah, or like maybe a labyrinth. <laughs> It'd be fun to be like Muppets. I think it would be really fun to like be Muppets that are just be a Muppet that's and then pick your class, right? So you could be like a Fozzie Bear Bard or like a Kermit Bard. Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy X would be fun. They're going to release a trailer for the Mickey Slasher movie. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not surprising. Well, they did that to Winnie the Pooh, right? Puppet Treasure Island game. Yeah, most definitely. Miss Piggy's definitely the Barb. She's definitely the Barbarian. <laughs> Rage. And a steady animal, the berserker. <laughs> oh man, I want to. I need this now. I need Muppets as a D and D party. Muppets are so funny. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I did it. I didn't sing it. Bunsen's the well. Bunsen's the the what do you call it? The artificer. Bunsen and Beaker. Well, Beaker. <laughs> no, Beaker. That guy. That guy is something different. The Beaker is, I think, on the same tip as like Jar Jar. Scooter, the dungeon master's assistant. Yeah, isn't there like a meme about that or a joke about that? Something? Maybe somebody made it. The D&D Muppets? No, if not, that needs to be a thing. That needs to happen. All right, moving on. Hopefully that is an answer in there, Chris. The next question we've got on deck is from Grog. <laughs> and Grog asks, Yazik, I love the new album and I'm looking forward to the new dice and supplement stuff you have planned for 2024. On to my question. Can you discuss the potential benefits or challenges associated with incorporating AI-driven or computer-assisted tools in D&D or related TTRPG gameplay experiences? Thanks, and can't wait for the D&D Christmas album. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate your kind words about the album. I'm glad that it's out. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that you enjoyed it. I will be working on a Christmas album this year. So I'm hoping to have that out before, you know, probably ideally before Thanksgiving. And we are going to be working on some supplemental stuff and some dice, too. So we don't have hard dates on that yet, but the dice are coming soon. And I'm going to I'm supposed to be having a, a meeting this week, this upcoming week about supplement stuff. So we'll get that going as well as to. But that wasn't the main part of the question, right? Oh, the main part of the question was about AI. Yeah, so we talked about this before, but not in a while. Look, I talk to GPT, I talk to ChatGPT every day. I use MidJourney every day. I think that AI is a tool. It really comes to, it's it, just like anything else, I think it comes down to who's using it and for what purpose. Because when it comes to like content production, I think that there's a disconnect with a, with people that don't make art. I think that there's a disconnect where they think like all of a sudden, because AI exists, now there's just going to be all of these people who just make content just for the sake of making money. And it's like, first of all, that's already happening. Okay, I don't know if you've seen how many Fast and the Furious movies there are, but like those aren't written with like passion in mind. They make those movies because they know that those movies make money. So for one, that's going to always exist. That's it's just making it easier for them to do. And two, as an artist, I'm not going to stop making stuff. So regardless of how much, you know, how many of these production studios are just generating all of their content with AI it has no bearing on whether or not I'm making stuff. And in fact, you could very well argue that the 
the more that the big production houses do that, the more of a craving there's going to be for, you know, what will be probably later referred to as like organic art or, uh, you know, analog or manual art or whatever, however they'll phrase it. But regardless, when it comes to D&D stuff, I think it's the same type of thing. Like, I don't think that there's going to be, I don't think anybody's interested in having their DM be replaced by an AI. And hey, maybe some people are, in which case that's great. If you're like a solo player or somebody that's not very social, then that's, you know, the more advanced the AI gets, the better it is for you. I think that the the people have been using, I've been seeing a lot of content where people are turning their NPCs into their games with into essentially AIs. And as a result, the the interactions with them are much more expansive. That's much more elaborate. It's much more of an experience. And so, you know, whether that's a good or a bad thing is a different conversation, I think probably for later down the road. But in the meantime, in the interim, it's just like, you know, they're just other tools that are helping you make the stuff that you're already doing easier. You know, anybody that makes anything, because really when you think about it, like D&D is just like another form of art, like another form of storytelling. Obviously, there's mechanics and there's a game to it and there's like a storyline, but it's also like kind of a beautiful thing. I think anybody that plays can agree that, you know, even probably some of the dumber moments in D&D are some of the funniest. Oh, man, the the most recent, <laughs> it's not going to be come up. It's not going to come for another couple of weeks on the Baldur's Gate three compilations. But just so y'all know, the there was a recent thing where we had a little bit of a run in at the bank, and it was hilarious. So probably some of the most fun I've had in quite a while. But all of that's to say, like I think that overall it's going to be great. You know, companies like Wizards and Hasbro, they're always going to be cutting corners to make the most money. That's all they're ever going to care about. Doesn't really matter how many how many tools there are or not. But I think that independent creators and independent players can use the tools to their advantage as something that is not replacing the DM per se, but helping the DM. You know, the best thing about ChatGPT, in my experience specifically with ChatGPT, is that you can just kind of leave the window or, or rather the conversation open and it'll just retain all of the stuff that you've already talked about. So what a great organizational tool for a DM to be able to help world build. I've been using it to help world build my novel. So it's fantastic because you could just kind of keep it open and talk to it. I think that the, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to incentive and when it comes to just the general production of the games and stuff, I don't know that AI is going to do much of anything except make the people who just want to make money's job easier. But I think that it'll also make the people who really care about the the art and the beauty of the thing, it'll make our job easier too. So I guess that the short answer is, like, I think it's going to be good all around. I think there's going to be growing pains. It's going to be weird, but let's see what's going on in chat. Oh, hey, what's going on, Song? I'm one who doesn't want to use AI to make my art, but that's just me. It's a tool. Yeah, no doubt. Like, it's not a thing that... And besides, like, nobody that's making art, nobody that's been making art up to this point sees that and goes, oh... <laughs> cool, well, I won't have to make anything. It's like, that's not what we're thinking, dude. Like, it's just like, oh, cool. What can I do with this? What can I do with this? It's a tool. Remember that. The Bag of Holding, Clue with Tim Curry. Clue with Tim Curry. It's interactive art, yes. D&D for sure is, I think, a form of interactive art. AI Dungeon is nice because you can play it leisurely. There's nothing compared to my live DM. 
AI is great for on the fly NPCs. Yeah, it's great for all kinds of stuff. I think that you can use it to talk to about really kind of anything. <laughs> Name me three people that don't want to make money. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is that it's like when you establish that money is what matters the most, money's going to money's going to be what matters the most. And you can't fault people for that. Some people are going to use AI to just keep making Fast and the Furious 85. And some people are going to use AI to make a cool independent movie. It's just going to happen. How do fighters say I'm going to jump a 100-foot canyon rolls a 20? So I say yes. As you run all of a sudden, uh, you suddenly come to realization you're running towards your sudden and immediate death. You stop yourself just before you tumble down the cliff to your death. <laughs> Muppet D&D, &D, every critical miss, the balcony guy, Statler, and Mulder, cast vicious mockery. Oh, man, now I feel like, now I want to play a Muppet D&D &D game and be either Statler or Waldorf. <laughs> or just run them both, that'd be real fun. So, I think that overall it's going to be a good thing. I think that people can use it for bad, people can use it for good. But I don't think that it's inherent one way or the other just because it's AI. We'll just be going into a brave, new, interesting world. And I'm kind of here for it, to be honest. I've been enjoying it. I uh, I use stuff all the time. It's a fun tool. I recommend doing it. Let's put them up at D&D Game in the Discord. Uh, dude, let's... I'm down. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. We got more questions. We, there's a follow-up, too, that we got to get to. So, And we want to do chat-chat at the end. So thank you for the question, Grog. Hope that gives you an answer. Hope I didn't talk too much about stuff that wasn't too pertinent, but I tried my best. You know, I tend to have a bit of a runaway train of thought. So... The next question is from Yokai Lover, who I think is actually in the chat. I think I saw earlier. But anyway, let's get into the question. Yokai asks, Hi Bard, I know you don't play spellcasters much. So true. Though, so this may be a better question for chat. Chat, keep your ears on. In our 3-5 campaign, I'm a 7th level half-orc druid. 6 foot 1 with a weasel companion who usually sits on my shoulder. And I love that image. Yeah, I hear that. The DM recently gave me access to a ton of spells I normally wouldn't have. Uh-oh. I was wondering if you or Chad... That's, that's like my worst nightmare. I was wondering if you or Chad has any suggestions on how to keep the master spell list and daily prep spell list organized. If it explains why I'm asking, I currently have access to five three five books, all druid spells, any AC boost spells, and cleric cure spells from those same five books. We lost the cleric, and now I'm the healer. We play IRL, and I prefer to use paper and pencil. Sorry for the long question, but thank you for the podcast, and I hope you and all of Manshorts had a good holiday season. Well, thank you very much for the question. You don't have to apologize. It wasn't that long of a question, honestly. It's just two slates. So, let's talk about it. Keeping track of spells. So, I'm going to defer to chat on this one initially. I do have some notes. But, oh man, I, you're, you are not wrong about me not having much experience with spellcasters. So, warlocks, wizards, sorks, what say you? I know y'all are out there. A digital notebook. Keep a small logbook. Highly recommend taking digital notes on a tablet. Yeah, so, I said, you know, spell cards is maybe an option, but that's not just for this. Is there, is anybody in chat aware of, I'm sure there probably is one, there's probably a place that is dedicated to having a list of all the three, five spells, and I imagine that you would be able to sort by what their capabilities are. Word document or Google Doc recipe cards work for prepared. 
make the extended spells on a separate list. So, yeah, they should be on their own sheet. The ones that I think that if you're using paper pen, it should be on their own sheet. You can group them either by level. You could group them by effect. It might be easier to group them by effect because if there's ever a, a if there's ever a moment where the DM's like, wait a minute, can you cast that? You could be like, yeah, and this is why, <laughs> because it's under this category. Oh, spreadsheets. This is why I said, and the, the and yes, man, ooh wee, I like spreadsheets. Google Sheets, like an Excel or an Excel document, is great for this because you can. You can do the access as to like what level and what type of spell. It's great for sorting. You could even, I think, set it up with formulas so that you could have like drop-down boxes and stuff. So you could change data to get new data. That is, I think, a really good way to do it. Uh, oh, well, thanks for hanging around, Phoenix. Have a good one. Have a good evening. I prefer to write, I handwrite my characters. Usually have a spiral notebook for one character. Listing the book names and the page, if that helps and you plan on using, will be very helpful. Yeah, most definitely. But Excel spreadsheets or Google Sheets, man, that I use them so much. And maybe it's because I used them a lot in office work over the years, but I use them for everything. I used an Excel spreadsheet to organize my album. It's just easier to lay things out. So, And you can use it on a... Uh, Usually use an Excel sheet for your daily list and a master collection of the spells on a Word doc, but there are so many that have access to that. I'm struggling. I see. You know, you can also have different tabs on your Excel spreadsheet. I'm not sure if you knew that, but that's something to consider. It is tough, though, with access and having quick access to all of the stuff and what they do. Yeah, at least being able to mark like what page they're on and what book they're with. But yeah, there's got to be some sort of an app let me see. 3.5 and D 3.5 spell tracker app. There's got to be something. Spellbook, it says. Serves as a way to look up descriptions during your session. It includes all spells from the SRD 3.5 and lets you store your spells in custom lists for even faster access. So that might be worth checking out. It looks like it's on the Google Play Store. I think any of that stuff, I think a, a spreadsheet is a good way to do it yourself, but it does look like there's apps for it. So you might just go to either the Apple or the Google Play Store and just search like, you know, D&D 3.5 spell, D&D 3.5 spells should be good. And then you can find something. The custom list will be nice for this case. Yeah, I think that it, let me look at what this thing looks like. Oh, yeah, dude. This is great. It looks like it allows you to quickly sort stuff, too. So definitely recommend checking that out. You think people have tables listed on web pages, at least? Sort of by level spell type. Yeah, there's probably also a website that does it, too, that you could look into. But... Spell sheet for sure. Keep a set of cards device with descriptions of the spells on hand so you can check in between. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. You could do custom custom spell cards, right? So you could just use, like, index cards. Oh, index cards are fun, too. They're, they're good for studying tests, although I never studied for tests. For wizard, I handwrite my spells. For divine, you have access to all, so maybe just the ones you prepare. Yeah, that's true. Did you mention your class? What what class are you? Did you, you? You said that, didn't you? 
I'm sure. A druid. Oh, a druid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you should be thankful that you're a druid, too. Imagine if you were like a warlock or like a sork, and it was like, okay, you have access to the spells in these five books. Be like, what? Yeah, 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 I see now. So you could probably even find like all three, five druid spells. And yeah, there's stuff like that on the on the SRD. But then it's a matter of like putting those other ones in. So that's I think the cool thing with the Eldritch Blast, <laughs> Warlock Eldritch Blast, and that's about it. True, yeah. All right. Well, I think that there's something in there for you. Hopefully, I I, I wondered how how a, how adept I'd be at answering this question, considering my little experience with spellcasting and and honestly like the spellcaster stuff that I have done is druid but I usually end up playing druids like a little more fightery than or rangery than necessarily spellcasting oh hey Duncan what's happening no worries remember you're not late if you're here that's the rule as a level seven a warlock only gets like three oh that's true wizard that only knows one spell and has to find ways to use it for everything that is funny that could be a good anime actually that'd be a great isekai like I got transported to this world, but I only get, but I only have one spell, <laughs> and it's like a cantrip. But then you, the character uses it to get to the top and save the world. All right, so yes, please let us know how that goes. And if you're not already on the Discord, please join that. Uh, I think that it was posted earlier in the chat. I need to do better about posting it in the actual description of the video. So remind me later to do that if I don't. Jeez, I don't know what I would do without chat. If I may quote Dragonlance, Dragons on Summer Flame. How many spells, Palin? Just one, but it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what it is, true. You could get two, you could get by for sure. Certainly warlocks do it with Eldritch Blast all the time. Thank you for the question. We've got three more questions and a follow-up. We'll get into some chat-chat and talk about our numbers and what all that means. Thank you for the question, Yokai. Best of luck in figuring that out. And moving on to the next question, which according to the list of names is from Mark. Yes. And Mark asks, Hello, Charles. Thanks for the podcast. In the last few episodes of the podcast and the D&D editions, I've heard you say that YouTube will not show us your videos without notifications turned on. Is that true? Can you elaborate? I only ask because I don't have them turned on, but I always see your videos in my feed. I watch every week, and I want to support in any way I can. Thanks, and have a good one. Wow, thank you for the question, Mark, and appreciate you watching the stuff that we make. In a way, you answered your own question, I think, and I'll get into what that means. <laughs> so this is the deal with notifications and YouTube and how it all works. Because as somebody who's been making you, I've been making stuff on YouTube since 2008. So it's changed a lot over the years. And this was only a recent discovery that I had after I had a conversation with somebody at Google about it. So we can talk a little bit about it just so everybody's aware of how it works. So the way that it used to be back in the day, <laughs> years ago, when there was like a partner program and stuff. The way that it used to be is that all that mattered for the algorithm was what you watched and what was popular 
and then to a certain extent, like who you were subscribed to. But usually the amalgam of whatever videos you would see when you would log into your YouTube back then, it was, you know, whatever, what everybody else was watching videos of somebody that you watch when you're on YouTube, because the, the algorithm kind of starts to learn like what you seek out specifically. And then also anybody that you're subscribed to. So even if maybe you hadn't watched somebody's video in a while, if you were subscribed to them, they would still be in that orbit of what YouTube was showing you. Years later, when they added notifications, the algorithm holds somebody that has notifications turned on on a channel at a much higher weight than somebody who doesn't have notifications turned on, for example. And so now, once they introduce that, now there's more than just those three things. There's a fourth thing. So now more than just whatever's popular, whatever you're watching and whatever you're subscribed to, it also takes into account what you have notifications turned on for. Well, obviously, what you have notifications turned on for is more valuable algorithmically to YouTube than somebody that you're just simply subscribed to. So as a result, what happens is if you don't have notifications turned on, then you might as well not be subscribed at this point today, just because, just in the sense algorithmically. Now, the reason that you see our content is because you watch it every week. But I would venture to believe that if you, <laughs> if you stopped watching us for a few weeks, whether you were subscribed to us or not, you would stop seeing our content because your, your feed that the algorithm gives you is based on all the stuff I just talked about. And so YouTube is going to first look, and it makes sense, really. Like, why would I show you something? Why would I show you content from a ch channel that you're only subscribed to when I could show you content for a channel that you have notifications turned on for? Because I know you're way more likely to watch that one, right? So it's very bizarre and it's very weird. But you, the people that watch us every week don't know the difference, right? Because you guys are great and you're here every week and that's awesome. And we really appreciate it. You know, the you at, at the end of the day, the ones that are watching us every week are the ones that we're making the content for. So you you people who watch us every week don't notice it because it's like, well, you, what do you mean? I watch you every week. I don't have notifications turned on. And it's like, yeah, but you keep getting us you you keep getting our stuff pushed to you because they know that you're gonna watch because your watch history matters. But if you stopped watching for a while and then you didn't have notifications turned on, you might not ever see us again. <laughs> and so that's why I encourage people to turn on notifications. I always assumed that that was just like, you know, you wanted to encourage people to do that so that they could see. I didn't realize that you, you people just straight, straight up wouldn't see your stuff. And it explains so much, right? Because over the years, I would just get the amount of emails and messages that I've gotten from people that are like, Hey man, uh, really wish that you'd get to make start making those D and D's again, man. Boy, those were funny, and it's like we've made them weekly for three years. I d I don't like if 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 you're not seeing it, then it's unfortunately due to this huge shift in the algorithm with YouTube because they're making everything about YouTube Shorts now, and then like with the notifications and stuff. So it's like. I'm not saying that you have to turn on notifications to see us because that's not technically true. Because if you watch us every week, you'll keep seeing us. But 
in in the world of how all of this stuff is changing in subscriptions, that's what that stuff is. And here's the, here's an even crazier thing that the person from Google told me is the rep was like, yeah, and also just so you're aware, <laughs> she said this to me. She was like, also so you're aware, if for any reason someone unsubscribes, whether they do it manually themselves or they're just kind of like purged, which they're starting to do that more now. They for a while weren't doing it, but if for any reason somebody becomes unsubscribed to a channel and then they resubscribe by default notifications are turned off so that they so they would then have to turn again turn on notifications it's just it's just very weird and i'm sure all of it's very beneficial to youtube and i'm sure that it allows google to maximize their profits and and that's great and that makes all the shareholders happy but it's just getting tougher for creators because it really hurts me when I hear people say stuff like, man, haven't seen you in a while. And it's like, well, I, have you been looking? Because like, clearly YouTube hasn't been showing you that we've been making content. So I just, I don't know what to say. And it's a weird one too, because you try to make an announcement about it. And it's like, well, the people that need to hear this aren't going to see it. Because they don't, you know, they've probably been at this point, either unsubscribed from the channel or just like, we're just not in their orbit anymore. And so in the in the age of content, just constantly people being bombarded with stuff, it's it's hard to keep track of that. So All right, I've been talking about this for way too long to get on a soapbox about it. But I hope that answers your question, Mark. That's um, why it's important to to turn on notifications for people. So everybody's aware. And yes, please like the stream because that really helps the algorithm. If you're hanging out in chat or you're listening, please give the video a like because that's good for the algorithm. <laughs> So they don't tell you about the show until it's like, hey, maybe that's what it is, Kirk. Maybe that's the true conspiracy. We'll work together to get to the bottom of this for sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you for the question. The next question is from. Let's see. The next question is from Dave. So let's get into that. We actually only had six questions in a follow up. So I miscounted. But Dave asks, Hey Chaz, first of all, I wanted to thank you for posting the lyric video for Organized Lightning. You're welcome. Do you plan on doing the same for Join the Party? There's a few bars on that one that have eluded me, so I'd love to see a lyric video for it as well. Happy New Year to you and the crew, and I hope you guys have an awesome 2024. Well, thanks you for the, thank you for the question, Dave. Yes, I am going to be making one for Join the Party. So yeah, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I did finish the lyric video for Organized Lightning. It took a long time because I made it, you know, pretty much how I make the questions for the show. <laughs> and I did it sort of slate by slate of uh, of image by image with, you know, changing the color of the text as it went along and trying to include as much as I could as possible as far as the lyrics and the info about it. So that's available on my Yazik YouTube channel. You can go check that out. It took longer than it probably should have because, uh, you know, it's ADHD, get distracted, doing all kinds of stuff. But I've, now that I've done it, I feel about better about being able to do it with Join the Party. So yeah, I'm going to be trying to... That's the next one I'm going to work on to get ready for the... for put up onto my channel. As a long-term channel, it's a good idea to use the community button to alert loyal viewers of upcoming live streams and premieres with accurate states, times, and time zones. Otherwise, the default YouTube page is hit or miss regarding live content. Oh, good to know. 
Yeah, I have been told that the community channel is like crazy weighted when it comes to the algorithm. And we've actually seen it before where it's just like, what is this? They should have an upcoming tab. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That would be really smart. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Just do it like the old school TV guides. Because, hey, spoiler alert, we're going to make a video every Sunday at 10. Although, it's funny that immediately after saying that, I'm going to let everybody know that we're not having one this Sunday. We're actually going to be, and I think I talked about it last week, going to take a little bit of a break. We are, oddly enough, going to have an episode next Sunday. But then, not likely any others for the rest of January. And that's not to say that we won't have any content, because... Justin and I are going to have a sit down, have a meeting and talk about like what kind of stuff we want to stream. And maybe if we want to make other stuff in the meet in the interim while we just kind of take a little break and step back because we've been making content weekly for a really long time. And so be nice to kind of take a break and see if maybe there's some other stuff that we might we might want to do and or try. I've considered doing like a man shorts watches man shorts kind of thing. thought that would be pretty cool. Can we talk about Discord? Can we talk on Discord about adding new man shorts emojis? Yeah, we can do that. I don't know how to do that, but can I add those that you've got there into the Discord? Probably, because I have like I think the raw files for them. I don't know how to do it, so I think it's nice that you guys are changing things up. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think we're gonna give some stuff a try and just see how see how some stuff does. Notably, streaming. I want to do more of a long form. Justin and I were talking about doing a. Long form, flim flam, razzle dazzle, Baldur's Gate three dark urge stream, <laughs> where we just, where we just once a week we just get on and we stream the whole thing, and it's just available as a vod and do that. And then you know I'm not opposed to the idea of doing a D and D campaign either. Everything would just kind of have to line up schedule wise, but even if it was just a one shot, that might be real fun. Maybe I can get to maybe I can get to people together for a one shot towards the end of this month and we can just do like a just like a little stream of uh one shot to maybe whet the appetite see if maybe we could turn it into a full campaign you made the one you use you don't know if everyone use it if y'all can even see it uh, i'm not sure what you're talking about but we'll look at it later those videos will definitely be demonetized <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I think it, I think with the content, like with the monetization system, like we have really good, I have a really great track record in terms of rating our own videos. So yeah, that'd be kind of fun to do. Something to think about. All right. So thank you for the question. We've got a follow-up to talk about. And then we can have some chat chat and we can talk about numbers and stuff. But the follow-up is from Mel. And this question was, I believe, like the question leading like either two weeks before or right before Christmas. Uh, but this is the follow-up. Mel says, Hey, Bard, I just wanted to follow up and let you know the advice you and chat gave for gift-giving was a smashing success. Oh, good. I made brownies and cupcakes, which people seem to enjoy. I also got my mom and Graham those birthday trackers you hang on the wall, and they love them. I wrote a song for my sister, and she cried. Happy tears. Anyway, big thanks to you and chat for helping me defeat the gift gamut. Take care. Well, thank you, Mel, for the update. I'm glad to hear that things went well in that regard. 
yeah, those birthday things are a are smash or gift if if somebody doesn't already have one or hadn't heard of them. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but I think we talked about it last. Well, obviously we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when we brought it up, but it's like these little things that it's just kind of like a, it has a list of all the months, right? Like the January, February, March, April, May, June, Jason Derulo, <laughs> and that how it goes. And then with that, it has little markers that you indicate the date for people in your family. So it's an easy, cool, visual way to keep track of people's birthdays. Because you could see like, oh, when's your birthday? Oh, yeah, you're in April, and then you're the 15th, or whatever it is. So weird that your birthday would be on the day that taxes are due. But I mean, well, not weird. I'm sure lots of people have a birthday of April 15th. Thank you, Austin, for becoming a dungeon crawler. Appreciate the membership. All of those things are very helpful for us, and I would encourage people, if you've considered doing the memberships, to do that, just because when we do inevitably stream stuff in the future, I think that that'll be one of the benefits of having the memberships is that there's not ads, so be helpful. Good evening. Glad to hear the gift advice helped them. Yeah, most definitely. Pretty soon you'll be in a nine-monther. Oh, yeah, man. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, all of that stuff really makes a big difference. And uh, we couldn't do any of what we do without y'all. So, well, and you know what? Now that I'm seeing... Uh, I, so, uh, I, I let's let's talk about this because I want to. This, is, this isn't really a question so much as it's just kind of like a information, I guess. And it's important, I think, that we talk about it. So I made things for that to talk about, and I'm glad that we have the time to do it. Um, so this was an email that I got from an Erica. And let's talk about this. So Erica, Erica writes, I wanted to start by saying thank you for all you do. Your music, D&D shorts, and podcasts have been a light in my life for the last several years. My husband and I have been following the Man Shorts channel from the beginning. Thank you so much. I was writing to discuss accessibility in terms of D&D as it relates to people who are blind and visually impaired. I fall into this group of people, and I have been playing D&D for the last four years. I've run campaigns as well as played as a member of a party. In case anyone is legally blind like me and listens to the podcast, I wanted to let them know there are some ways they can play D&D. First, I keep track of my character sheet using a refreshable Braille display. This lets me make notes, keep track of spell slots, inventory, or keep track of anything I find useful. For those who don't have access to an electronic Braille display, they could use a digital option such as a Google Doc or a PDF that they can convert. You can even keep track of your sheet using a manual Brailler. If a player has some usable vision, they may consider using Google Docs or a Microsoft Word Doc, an electric magnifier. If you're legally blind and play in person, you can use 3D maps such as Legos, HeroScape pieces, or magnets. I've even used a chessboard to simulate combat with one square representing the 30-foot motion range. This email is also a plea for you to work with some of your sponsors to make websites like D&D Beyond, Roll20, and World Anvil accessible with screen reader software. I'm writing a novel and would have loved to use World Anvil, but it doesn't work with my voiceover software. I've really grown to be a huge fan of your music and the channel, and I look forward to continuing to support it as best I can. In six months, I hope to return as a lucky participant in Art Corner to promote my book and my metaphysical shop. I really hope you had a great winter holiday. Well, thank you very much for all the information, Erica. And so there, there, there was a lot there. Um... First of all, when it comes to like D&D Beyond, 
who you know who knows what they're doing over there i will say that it's important that does anybody know what this button does though thank you very much austin for the donation so push button activate self to um one of my players is legally blind he's a massive tablet with everything zoomed in i just kind of wanted to put that out there and say that you know I'm I'm more than happy to mention it to some of the sponsors that we work with. I can't tell you what D&D Beyond is doing, but has anyone made talking dice? That seems like an easy money maker. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would even work, honestly. Thank you for the information, Erica. I'm going to look more into that as to what I can do to help that, and then maybe we could talk about that at a later episode. It was just something that I wanted to put out there because, it, you know, you took the time to send the email and I took the time to read through it and thought it was important just to have have it kind of put out there. Also, you're more than welcome on Art Corner. For sure, be happy to shout out another artist and, and push out their work. So I'm pretty sure that Kraken could make Braille dice. Yeah, I wonder if they have... Uh, I'm sure that they probably do. Somebody does. More disturbing lying dice. A die roller app that tells you what they're rolled. It kind of it's strange to me that D and D Beyond wouldn't work with whatever maybe work with whatever your screenwriter software is. Weight sensor. I don't know how small it'd be, but have a weight sensor inside the die, a ball bearing, then pressure presses on it and know which side is up. Oh, rigged dice, huh? All right. Well, we're officially into chat chat at this point. So thanks everybody for all of the information chat sends erica lots of love most definitely and like i said i'm gonna do a little bit more research so that i'm a little bit more knowledgeable on what i'm talking about and then we can talk about it at a later time but that information that you've sent is out there and i will i'll certainly talk to some of the brands that we work with it surprises me with world anvil but we'll look into it Word of the year numbers. Thank you, Kirk, for the reminder. Let's start chat chat with that. So, I've got an image of the list. Not that I'll be showing it here, but I've got it for me. So, we're going to go through what the words are. So, as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, everybody pick a number from 1 to 20. And I'm going to go through the list of what the words are. And so, remember your number. To, to hear what your word is, and this will be the word your word of the year. You can kind of do with it whatever you want. I usually try to just kind of keep it in the keep it in my mind and and try and use it for good when it comes up. So, beginning with number one, we have passion. Number two is courage. Number three is gratitude. Number four is motivation. Five is optimism. Six, adventure. Seven, kindness. Eight, balance. Nine, creativity. Ten, generous. Eleven, perspective. Twelve is joyful. Thirteen is appreciate. Fourteen is self-discipline. Fifteen is accomplish. Sixteen is reflection. 17 is mindful, 18 is discover, 19 is honesty, and 20 is patience. So, those are the 
words. <laughs> and so whatever word you have, I usually recommend people look it up, even if you know what it means. I think it's helpful to look it up so you could see what the actual definition of it is. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to, like, build your whole day around it. But I think it's a cool thing to just kind of, like, keep the word in the back of your head. For anybody that doesn't know, mine was, I I picked 11. So I have perspective. And I'm still kind of figuring out what that means. I kind of already have an idea of how I'm going to be using it throughout the year. Um. But who knows? Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe having the word perspective will offer a whole new perspective. You know what I mean? So now everybody has their words, so take them and and do with them what you will. But you know, usually they're good usually they're good words. So usually it's a thing to kind of try and embody or technically know what balance is <laughs> yeah but see that's the thing it's 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 also more than just like it's textbook definition too right because something like balance obviously is you know there's physical balance but then there's also like metaphorical balance between like life and work balance and stuff like that balance i had balance one year is good it helps you you know reminds you so perspective is good for me i guess because you know it might help in emotional regulation Reflection is nice. Yeah, reflection is good. I think Justin got mind. My, my Justin got mindful, and then I think my wife got reflection. What was eight? Uh, no worries. I can look again. Uh, eight was a balance. So you got balance too if you got eight. So adventure's cool. Three, gratitude. Got a lot of bad news lately, but everyone was kind about showing it. So grateful. Very sorry to hear about all the bad news, but hopefully that can apply for you in a in a more positive way in the future. Perspective is seeing the race from the taillight point of view of the car ahead of your Mustang. <laughs> Sad ice cream wasn't one of the words. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome if your word was ice cream. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that I didn't pick gratitude because I told mom to add it to the list, but I just, I don't know. I had to go with the gut of picking number 11. So I got perspective and we'll see how it applies. What else is going on in the world of chat chat? The football, the football things happening with the sports ball. Yeah. So this is what we got the current, current playoff picture. Um, this assumes that we win against Tennessee. Which we might not, because we have a tendency to do that kind of stuff. Um, this also assumes, I think, doesn't this assume that Miami wins against Buffalo? And Tampa's in there, probably, right? Is there a way, is, is there, a, is, has Tampa, Pirate, has Tampa locked that? Is there anything that can happen that would prevent them from winning the division at this point? Or are y'all like two games up or something? Because here's the thing. In spite of what we are on paper and what I thought we were going into this season, we are in a three-way tie in our division such that if we lose, we might not even make the playoffs. We need to win to get in. Tampa loses to Carolina and the Saints are in. Yeah, but I mean, that's very unlikely that Tampa loses to Carolina. 
we beat Carolina, and we all know what we've got going on, so... I'm hoping that the Jags beat the Titans, and I think that we're capable of beating the Titans. Don't get me wrong. It's just that we have a tendency to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, and, you know, hoping that we were going to finish our season 11-6, and six, granted, what, 10-7 and seven is only one game behind, but it's but if it means missing the playoffs, well, then that would be ridiculous, right? I have seen that conspiracy theory song about the colors of the of the Super Bowl logo. Yeah, because they are purple and red this year. And I have been thinking Ravens 49ers for a couple of weeks. But who knows? You never know. It might be, you know, maybe the Browns will shock everybody and win. Be insane. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, they are still professional football players, but they're not that great. Man, you know who's really going through it too, by the way, speaking of ball, is the is the Detroit Pistons. Yeesh. They, uh, they've lost 31 games. They've won three games, the Detroit Pistons. That's tough. Uh, that's got to be really tough to keep going out there and just keep on losing. But hey, you know, maybe it'll build character. By the way, they get talked about a lot being three and twenty three and thirty one, but like the Spurs are five and twenty nine. Nobody really seems to care about that. I think anybody that you think you think Pop is tanking so they can stay in the lotto so they can maybe get another young guy next year. Maybe thirty one. Yes, yes. It's I don't I don't I don't know how. I don't know how they've done it, but it is bad considering that they've only won three. So they've played thirty four games. And they've lost 31 of them. It's real bad. Steelers are Bulls fans. There's a lot of Steelers fans here, oddly, in Jacksonville. I'm not, I know a lot of Steelers fans. The Lions, yeah, Lions. Lions Lions know, I think, what it's like. Lions and Jags fans get it. the same, same tip. They're great at terrible sports teams. Now, that's not necessarily true, although probably the case recently, yeah. <laughs> not, not much good. Well, no, that's not true. Like, I think the Lions are one of the better teams in the NFC. You know, we'll just have to see what happens. We'll just have to see what happens in the playoffs. You never know. Any given Sunday, they say. And according to marketing, the the there's a football game on tomorrow that's the Ravens and the Steelers, and that's Monday Night Football on Saturday. So, it's marketing. What are you going to do? You Cowboys fan, though. Dim boys. Yeah, hopefully they don't choke either. They have a tendency to do that. Jags Lions Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. I wanted it. I called that at the beginning of the year too, the Big Cat Bowl. It's still technically possible, but I just think it's kind of unlikely. I just I uh, I I was actually listening so w- the follow-up that we had today was from Mel and I went back to that episode to listen and I heard myself talking and this was the game that Trevor had gotten a high ankle sprain. And you could tell I thought that he would be out for the next rest of the game. He 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 kept, he kept playing, he kept playing and he was hurt and then we just kept losing. You know, it's tough. Now he's finally sitting down, but Panthers have been bad for years. Yeah. Well, the Panthers and the Jags expanded at the same time, too. So I think that the Panthers and Jags fans kind of, there's a little solidarity there, too. All right. Well, we are past time, folks. Wow. Talk about going by fast. So before we get out of here, I'd like to, again, thank all of our 
members, patrons, super chatters, remind everybody to please like, comment, share, subscribe, turn on notifications. Please rate the podcast on your respective platforms. Um, reminder of the email here at the show, which is bardevice at gmail.com. Please send all questions, concerns, complaints, criticisms, queries, critiques, stories, follow-ups. Send all of those to bardevice at gmail.com. If you want to get merchandise, you can do so at manshorts.com. And if you want to contribute to anything that I'm doing musically, you can do so via PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo, all of which are Yazik, Y-A-H-Z-I-C-K. We will be back here next week, same Bard time, same Bard channel, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Man Shorts YouTube channel. The audio for this podcast will be made available, as it always is, tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope that everybody has a fantastic weekend. I hope that everybody has a fantastic week, and I appreciate all of you coming by, and we will see you next time.